Hello and welcome to the Potters Podcast after another brilliant week of following Stoke City. We got a good point away at Preston, we got a fantastic result against top of the table, unbeaten West Brom. Me and Andrew are obviously going to cover that, we're going to do player ratings as normal, we're going to move into new stuff as well, going to talk about a lot to do with the club, going to obviously talk about Everton and Harry Suter connection that's come up with Duncan Ferguson there on Friday night. There's plenty to go through, so sit back and enjoy. So, hello, Ange. How are you feeling today? Well, I'm still sort of bouncing, if I'm being honest, because I so enjoyed Friday night. I enjoyed the performance midweek. We had many chances and didn't score, but Friday I thought we battered them. Even though we only won by one, we battered them. I know, it was only 1-0, but I still to this day don't know how it was 1-0. I don't know how it was 4-1 against Preston as well. And it's, it's, it's a positive thing, isn't it? I mean, I, I went into the... Friday game, a bit nervous, thinking, oh, is this going to be another one? But they rose up and they, they absolutely destroyed them. Right, so, first off, we'll go into player ratings, but before I go into player ratings, I've got to tell everyone, I think, because we went Hanley and it was constantly raining, and because of Friday night as well, I've got a proper sore throat and I think I've got a cold coming, so it's well worth it, as you've already said. Not giving you much sympathy, so just forget about the cold wimp. <laughs> There's no need for that at all, I'm <laughs> feel like I'm dying. Yeah, man flu. <laughs> right, so we'll go in first off with Adam Davis. Well, I'm going to be I'm going to be kind to most players. I thought uh, the one mistake he made was when he took that ball outside the box. But I thought he didn't have a great deal to do, and what he had to do was okay. So I'm giving him a seven. I thought he played well, to be honest. I mean, I don't know he didn't get sent off for that as well. Um, I thought I thought we were very lucky there. But, you know, he made a couple of saves. He didn't really have a lot to do, really, to be brutally honest. I thought he, he had a, an easy game of it. So, I'll go, on with a, I'll go on with a steady seven. I thought he was decent, but he was lucky to stay on the pitch for me. Yeah. Well, I think you've been very harsh. I'll put that down to your cold. Well... You know, it's one of them where I don't feel great and, you know, to be honest, he was lucky to stay on the pitch. Right, so now we'll go into, for me, definitely next to Rio Ferdinand of the future, and that is Ben Wilmot. I thought uh, your mate, as he's now known in, in circles in North Staffordshire, your mate was very solid. I thought his passing going forward was really, really good. And it was one of his better games. And you were expecting me to give him more than eight, but I'm giving him eight. Well, an eight, I can't think that's a bit harsh. I thought he was brilliant, I did. He picked the ball up well, he used his pace well. Defensively, he was steady, didn't make any mistake. He was probably the best defender on the pitch, to be honest. Um, no, he wasn't. We I, can argue this all day, but everybody listening to this podcast will now know you're deluded. Uh, no, because I thought he was. I thought he played very Good. well. and I think he was deserved man of the match as well. I think he, he played extremely well. I mean, we know you... Well, he was only man of the match... Uh, in, on Sky, I mean everybody else picked Vrancic, but there you go. Well, I think they're all, I think they're all, they're all deluded. I'm just you like <laughs> throwing out, but uh, I thought I'm going to give him a nine. I thought he was brilliant. I did on Friday, and I think he was, he's, he's growing now. I think that time when he used to be running around like an headless chicken and you know trying to make things happen too much, I think he's calmed it down a bit and. He's just doing the sensible things now because he ain't a midfielder and he's got to learn that he's a defender. And I thought yeah. he played well. Right, so now we're moving to Ari Suter. Well, you see, for me, I thought Ari Suter was the best defender of the three. And um, his passing's really great. His marking was great. His tapping was great. So I'm going to give him a nine. 
a nine. Uh, I thought he was very good again, but he, it's becoming a common thing now with Ali Suter, especially now with this new defensive bot line with a bit of pace around him as well to support him. I thought he was very good, Ali Suter. Not as good as Ben Wilmot, obviously, but you know, he, I thought he, he did all right. I mean, well, did very well, to be honest. And I'm going to go in with an eight with uh, Harry Suter. Okay. Right, so now we move into James Chester. Now, James Chester, when I heard he was playing, I wasn't absolutely delighted. But for me, he was outstanding for James Chester. He made a lot of good blocks. He, he did a couple of really timely clearances. And I thought overall he played very well. So I'm going to give him the same as Ben Wilmot, which is an eight. Yeah, I thought he was, he's been good since he's come in, really, to be honest, James Chester. I think he's he hasn't got the mobility as we know, but he's got the experience. And I think that since him and Davies have come back into the team, well, very much more steady at the back. You know, apart from obviously world class goals that we can't defend against, obviously in free kicks and against Preston and stuff. But I thought, to be honest with you, it was a fantastic performance, and I'll go on with another eight alongside Harry Suter. Right, so now we'll move into sorry, Tommy Smith. Well, I thought Tommy Smith was uh, okay. I thought, I don't think anybody played badly for Stoke on Friday, but his pass for the for the goal, which Powell scored, I thought was a sublime pass. He gets up and he gets down the pitch. And as I say, I'm on, I've only given uh, Davis a lower mark because he didn't have much to do. So I'm giving Smith an 8 too. Yeah, I'm going to go in with a, another another a seven as well for Tommy Swift. I thought he, he wasn't his usual self. He wasn't blasted up and down the pitch. But of course, that's because we played against West Brom. He got the assist. I thought he, he did his job well. Defensively, I thought he was a bit caught a few times, but it didn't really lead to any conceding a goal or anything. So, yeah, a steady seven. I thought he played well, Tommy Smith. And, you know, long may it continue. Because a man who, not long ago, was everyone wanted to get rid of. And this season, to be honest, at the moment, he's probably been one of our most consistent players. Yeah, I agree. Right, so now we move into Captain Joe Allen. I thought Joe Allen played really well, particularly in the second half. He he, he did quite a few poor passes in the first 20 minutes. Um, but I thought he played really well second half. And I think now, with, with the midfield three we played on Friday, I, I thought it was one of his better matches for Stoke. So I'm going to give him an eight as well. Uh, yeah, I'm going to follow that up. I'm going to give him an eight as well. I thought that's one of the best performances I've seen from him for a long time, to be honest. Um, he was mopping up all the stuff. He was controlling the game at times, which is what Remain Sawyers doesn't do because, of course, lack of energy. But I thought Friday night, I thought Joe Allen was the linchpin. I thought he he, he, he just kept things moving. And he, But that, that's what Joe Allen does when he doesn't sort of become an headless chicken running around all over the place trying to do everybody's job. When he knuckles down and does his job, he's a very good player. And he proved that again on Friday. It's just that we want this more often. If he can now push on and do that every week, there's a great chance he could be, you know, a real star again for this club because he has waned off. And I thought it was a good performance, which why I've obviously got him with an eight. I thought he was brilliant. And it was glad to see. But it was good to not see Sawyer's and Klukas together to be honest I thought having Alan back in and Vrancic back in which is what we've all pretty much wanted when we put the question out and I think it's working and now we go into Jordan Thompson I thought Jordan Thompson uh, was better in the second half than the first half I, I, I like Jordan Thompson I, I think he, he gets stuck in and I think he's more than a squad player I think um, if he gets a steady run of games he'll, he'll do the job 
I, I just felt we were more solid with Jordan Thompson. But um, not as great as, as maybe Alan and some of the others, so I'm giving him a seven, really. Yeah, I was going to follow with a seven, to, to be honest. I, I thought... I thought he moved the ball well. I think he had a bit more. To be honest, at the way he's playing from the couple of times I've seen him this season, I think he is naturally a better player than Sam Lucas at this moment. Because I don't know what's going on with Lucas this season. He's he's looked very wavy and a lot of times isn't even getting involved. Whereas Thompson yesterday, he was he was always available for a pass. He was always getting back to help out defence whenever he could, and he had the legs to do it. So yeah. he, he had a good performance yesterday, which is why which is why I've gone in a seven as well because I thought everybody played well on Friday and, and it was great to see. Right now we go to Mario Varancic. Now for me, he's just one of the best playmakers we've ever had at Stoke. Um, he moves well. He always seems to have loads of time on the ball. Yeah, he gets tied towards the end, but he had that near goal from that free kick. You know, the one that clattered against the bar where he was convinced the keeper saved it. I thought he was. It was another very, very good performance from him. So I'm giving him an eight. Uh, I'm giving him an eight as well. I thought he was absolutely fantastic. I, th- I think that you're probably right. I think he's probably the best playmaker I've seen for well in my time because I can't remember the last time we had a playmaker. So you, you know he's he's a, such a great player. And when you look at Norwich and how much they're struggling to create chances and score goals. I think this has been a right, right clangor from Norwich to let him go because he's clearly got the legs still for it. I know, he, like you said, he tires towards the end of the game. But yesterday, he, he almost scored from a free kick. Everything was going through him. West Brom couldn't cope with his quick passing as well. You know, he was just, we were just breaking through because he was creating the opportunities. And I thought he was brilliant yesterday, which is why I've gone with such an eye mark. I think he was just below Ben Wilmot, in my opinion, because I think Wilmot was just all over the pitch and he was brilliant. But... You know, it's not because he's my favourite player, it's just because I think he's um, a good defender. Right, yeah. so now we're moving to Josh Tymon. Now, for me, Josh Tymon, I never thought I'd hear myself say this, but I've started now joining the band that shout pass it to Tymon when he's free down the side and they're not passing it to him. He did a few smashing passes, particularly across the box, and the forwards just couldn't get onto them. I've seen him play better games. He was up against a guy that gave as good as he got so I'm going to give him an 8 uh, I'll go in with an 8 as well to be honest I'm not liking this I'm going to have to go no, first next time similar. I'm going to have to go next, first next time It's <laughs> and, and put a big shocker in which I've got yeah. later on as well but yeah I thought he was brilliant again I think the old squad was when we peer like this we're such a good side and you know Timon is a player that none of us were all sure about again but the kick on this season, the consistency that is coming, the only problem we have with him, which I, I've noticed late on in the game, is he wasn't coming to the ball a bit. He sort of drifted. He drifts out of games, which he's got to improve on. But he's still yeah. a young lad, and he's only going to improve anyway, isn't he? So, you know, good on him, and a, you know, a solid eight for me. Right, so now I'll go in first quick with Nick Powell. Um, I thought Nick Powell, again, for me, to be honest, at this moment in time, I'd probably say he's got me up in the top five of the best players in this division at this moment in time. His goal-scoring record at the moment is absolutely incredible. And let's be honest, if, if Powell didn't have that moment of magic, which it needed really, because, you know, the hardest chance was scored, in my opinion. It was a cracking little chip, beautiful goal. And I thought he was, for me, it, the contract's got to be sorted with him as quick as possible. I don't care if he puts us in debt 
got to get that man signed to a new long-term contract because if we lose him to Newcastle in January or whatever, our chance of promotion literally goes from 100% to, to zero, really, in my opinion. But I think that I'm going to go in with a, a solid eight uh, from Nick Powell and I thought he was brilliant. Well, I'm going to up your eight and give him a nine because for me, the goal alone deserved a nine. Um, it was a class finish from a great pass. But the first half, I didn't think he played particularly well at all. His passing was a bit off. And then he turned it on for about 20, 25, half an hour spell where he, he, he was just sublime. And um, for me, he's a class player. The only Newcastle he'll be going to is Newcastle Town. And if, if you're talking about, he won't move to Newcastle. I'm, I'm really quite convinced he's happy at Stoke. And yeah, I know money talks, but he's a slightly different footballer. When you speak to him after afterwards, he says it's his job and then he, he switches off completely. And I thought he was outstanding with that goal, as I say, so it's a nine from me. Right, so now we move into, for me, the worst player on the pitch on Saturday, um, uh, Jacob Brown. Now, before I get into it, because I know we won the game, I've got to be honest, I, I've, I'm still angry about the missed chance. It's a good job Powell scored, because I, I thought Jacob Brown's performance on Friday was shambolic at times you know he missed a one-on-one he he kept losing the ball twice with his first touch he put the ball out of play when he was a few yards inside as well you know those kind of things are reminding me of players we used to have in league one when we used to have players that just like Ulair for example now we know he's not that bad he's a good player Jake Brown as don't get me wrong he's he's still my first name on the pitch but when he's on his own like that, in that kind of system where there's two cams behind, I just don't think he's good enough for it. You have to have good touch, you have to have good ability on that system. So for me, I'm going to go in with a very generous six, in my opinion, for Jacob right. Brown on Friday. Well, I now know that you probably haven't got a heavy cold because you, you, you're bordering on being delirious now. Um, I've said it before that Jacob Brown's pressing and his running is invaluable to the football team. I will agree with you that sometimes he can't trap a bag of cement. He certainly can't finish. He should have scored the one that hit the post. But I would have him in my team before some of the other forwards, one of which we're going to come on to in a minute, because of his work rate and his effort. And yeah, he's not a striker. He'll never be a top-class striker. But to me, he adds quite a lot to Stoke City Football Club and I'm going to give him a seven. And I hope you get better soon, Ian. <laughs> yeah, uh, I'm, I, I just thought he was terrible on Friday. I'm not saying he's a bad player because he's been good all the season. I've been singing it, singing his praises. But I, th- I thought when you're missing them kind of chances and you know when you, you're, you're failing control the ball in key areas. I mean, if he turned and made a pass, Powell and Branchich were in space. It would have been a would have been a two on two situation, and he, he let it hit his knee and go out for a throw, throw into them. And you, you know it's unforgivable and Marby, but you know he might because I'm ill today. Right, so now we're moving to the substitutes. Go on then. So, so the first one we're talking about, who is which? Uh, Sam Surridge. Right. Well, if you think Jacob Brown isn't very good as a striker. I would um, add to that list Sam Surridge. I thought he missed what was a very easy chance when he passed the ball to the keeper. Uh, I know anybody can miss a peno, um, but I did expect him to slot that one home. He was fresh when he came onto the field. He runs about a lot. 
but I just don't think he's got the clinical qualities that we need. Um, he too will run and run and run. He says he'll get better. He's just about getting a seven for me. Hey, I'm going to have a five for Sam Surridge. I thought I, I agree with you. That that lad's got to improve his finishing. He's a striker, and the amount of chances he's missed now is frightening. I mean, we all give Lee Gregory stick because, you know, Lee Gregory is just as bad. You know, if, if you need somebody to miss from two yards, you'd put Lee Gregory in. But now it's Sam Surridge. And to, to be honest, that chance, I, fair enough, you miss a penalty. It happens a lot down Stoke. He's not the only one. But Surridge, for that chance when it came in, he just passed it straight to the goalkeeper. I mean, you could see in the face on the highlights, the goalkeeper thought, that, that was the easiest save I've made all game. It, yeah. was, it was poor, and it's well. To be honest, I'm going to go four for him. Actually, I'll drop it to a four. I thought he was. Okay. I thought it was. I thought it was terrible. He's got to improve on his finishing. You know, he, he's missing more than he's scoring, and it's it's not good enough at all. It's not good enough, and especially when we pay good money for him for a club that you know can't spend money. He needs to improve, and he's yeah. got to have a long hard look at himself because if he does, if he does, and we do go up, he's going to be out on loan. So he's got to start improving and quick. Right, so who else came on? I can't remember now at this time. Fletcher and Doughty. Oh, Fletcher, yeah, Fletcher. We'll go into Stephen Fletcher. Go on, you go first then. Um, I like Fletcher when he came on. I thought, I thought he'd give us a bit of impetus up top. You know, he was knocking the ball down, he was controlling it and keeping it going. Um, and I was impressed with him. And to be honest, if we play that lone man, he's still the number one at the moment for me. Before, I thought he was going to be, become a sub-player like he has become. But for me, at this moment in time, with Surridge, you know, missing, you know, five sitters a week, and, and Jacob Brown at the moment, similarly, you know, we need somebody like it. Let's be honest. If if Fletcher was on from the start and had them chances, it would have been three 0 before Powell scored, and that that is the difference really. And at the moment, with, with him just coming back from injury, I thought he came on and he he did a lot, and I'm going to give him a six, which everybody knows is rare for me for a sub. So I'll give it to him. I thought. Um... Fletcher came on at the best time for Stoke. He, he has the ability to hold up the ball. He's got the tricks and flicks, which West Brom weren't sure what he was going to do. Um, it's lovely to see him back on the pitch for Stoke. I, I, I don't think we'll see him as much as we expected this season, which might be a good thing. But I thought he helped us a lot with his experience uh, towards the end. And, and uh, if it was nothing more than for the pat on the head he gave to the goalkeeper when Powell scored as he was running up to congratulate Powell, he's getting a seven off me. <laughs> right. And then we go to the final sub. Alfie Doughty. Alfie Doughty again. So what did you reckon? It's hard, it's hard to give Alfie Doughty a, a, a really good score. I, I think he's unlucky um, to be coming on as late as he is because I actually think he's a he's a really good player. Um, but because he did what he did uh, well when he came on, um, I'm going to give him a seven as well because I thought most of the team were were really really good. I can't give somebody a seven for being on the pitch. <laughs> I just can't do it. Um, <laughs> I'll give him a five. I, 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 I do. I like Dower to myself. Are you the same as Surridge? No, for Surridge so got a four. Oh, you remember I dropped it, didn't yeah, I? Right, yeah, yeah, I dropped, yeah, yeah I, I thought that's way too much. To be honest, Brown's looking at a six. But the thing is with Dowerty, I agree. He, he needs start. He needs to start a few games for me just to give but time. Put him in place. Well, you know, sometimes I think you know, I think they're very similar. Similar, except obviously Dowerty's quicker and good. But 
you know, they do need a rest every now and again. And plus, he's not going to be happy, is he, just constantly coming on with five minutes go, is he? He needs... He needs to know he's a part of it, and we don't know yeah, what he can. Re- we don't know what he can do at this moment in time because he's he's not really had more than forty minutes since he, since he started. Really, he hasn't started a game from what I remember, and I just want really to to see him really see what he can do because every time he comes on, he, he provides incredible amounts of energy, and he does come on just at the right time because I think Michael O'Neill understands that. Timing is it goes out with games, which we all know. We all we all know that about him. But when Doherty comes on, it brings this real energy. Where yeah. if you did put it at the right time, he could really hit teams hard. And that's what I mean. If we if it, for me, if we played Doherty against Derby and had that energy, you know, we, we might have got some a better result there. But it, it's yeah. playing him at the right time. Right. So now we're moving to the game as a whole. Oh, I'm going to give it a nine. Just just a nine. Just a nine, because we only scored one. Had we scored more than one, I might have gone nine point one. Uh, nine point one. Um, <laughs> I'll go over nine as well, actually, because I think that's a, I think that's a level score because I mean, we destroyed them. It was a great performance right from the beginning to the end. I mean, if Brown took his chances, I think we comfortably would have won that game three four nil. The problem is at the moment, which we're going to discuss after this, obviously, is we just can't finish. <laughs> we've got we've, we've got a lot of strikers, but none of them are scoring. Fletcher hasn't scored yet. So he just scored a few, but he's missed about 15 sitters since he's been coming in. Brown, you know, I'm not going to slag off Brown. I think Brown's been doing well, but to be honest, the last two games, or three even, I think he has been only good at trapping the ball, well, not trapping the ball, but keeping the ball up, the, up, the, up sticking it up. And, you know, I thought that the chances we created were fantastic. I think the midfields now, for me, we know as first choice midfield with Allen and Varancic and, and Powell. For me, when we, we can get that system right, and I think we'll win a lot of games with that. And, and a chance of promotions on, so it does get a nine from me. I thought it was a brilliant performance, Rady. I really enjoyed it. I really enjoyed the atmosphere with the away end, and didn't really love the bottles flying over in the in the what's it called flying over the uh, smoke bombs. But other than that, it was a great atmosphere. I really enjoyed it. It was like being back in the Premier League again. Yeah, I mean that was to me that was one of the things that I suddenly realised that how can I put it. I'd missed football. I'd missed the, the 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 not the banter with the away fans, but just the atmosphere it creates. Yeah, I know about the flares and the coins and the bottles, but the the West Brom three thousand fans who clearly thought they were going to beat us, as as most of our fans do when we go away, they added something to that game. But you know, when when we scored, it was almost the same as when we scored the second goal against Sheffield Wednesday. Um, you just felt the place was full, even though it wasn't, and that was my disappointment. I know it was on Sky, and I know that affects a lot of people, but I thought more would have gone with the kids, because it was a Friday night, not got to get up early on Saturday. But you just know that um, the fans are behind the manager and the team because they're playing really decent football again, and that, to me, is the big difference. Stoke... Yeah, we can moan about the chances not going in. Look at the chances against Barnsley, and we drew that. Look at the chances we had at Preston, and we drew that. And then you look at the the chances we had against West Brom. I'd be more worried if we weren't creating chances, because we need to create, probably, as you've said, 30 a match to maybe score one goal. If you're only creating one, well, you know it's going to be ballooned over at the bar or missed. Or likely straight at the goalkeeper in Sam Sturridge's case. Um, yeah. uh, but but you've got Seymour to come back. 
right? He should be fit. Michael O'Neill said he should be fit after the, the two-week break. And you've got Tyrese Campbell to come back. And he's been very careful with Campbell. He said after the game that it's him being more cautious um, that he wants Campbell to come back when he's ready himself, when Michael O'Neill's ready. And I genuinely do think he'll be on the bench away at Sheffield. Well, we've got to hope, haven't we? Because at the moment, that that for me is the only thing that will stop us from getting up. Is having a, if we I mean if we can get two strikers at a scoring goal, goals, then you know we could be. We, to be honest, the way we played against West Brom and the way we're playing recently, the the amount of chances we're creating, which is incredible. I, there's every chance we could go up if we could start taking chances. That's the big thing at the moment. I think we're not far off getting on a good four or five match run, which is a question that's been asked to be put to you. Are we just a striker away from that kind of run? Well, I don't think you can say that. I mean, yeah, another striker, you know, uh, somebody, a Harry Kane-like striker, would obviously give you more chances. But it's not just the strikers you've got to think of. You look at you look at what happened last season. We were on a roll. We were looking good. Then you get an injury. Now, okay, you're able to cover some of those injuries. But for me, if Harry Suter got injured or if uh, Powell got injured, or if one of the strikers got injured, I mean, one of the the, the strikers we're talking about coming in, the ones we feel that are going to be prolific. And we don't know about Seaman. All these people who think Seaman's the best thing since sliced bread have only ever probably seen him the same as me playing in in the Europa League. Um, So I think injuries will play a big part in, in, in the season again. For, because it's a relentless season and if we get the little bit of luck with injuries I think Stoke will do well I, I look at the squad I was asked if I felt the squad had any similarities to the promotion squad in 2008 and he's brought in hungry players which um, you know we had before in at that time when Lee McCarry was in charge he's, he's, and Tony Pulis he's brought in players who who are prepared to, not only are they hungry, they're prepared to play at a really high intensity. And the most important thing for me is that um, the squad's got competition for places, but all the players get on. Uh, You see the players after the match, you see the players going into the match, and you can see it's a group of players that are together. Yes, they all want to play, Yes, they won't want to be dropped. I mean, Leo Ostergaard must have been fizzing that he wasn't playing. But, he, he, you know, he puts out a tweet and says, great win, whether he means it or not, you don't know. But you see all the players together after the match as a unit. And that, to me, uh, says so much for this football club. Michael O'Neill's laid some really good foundations at this football club. And when you look at what he had to do, um, he's really shaped the team in a couple of years from... A bunch of dead wood to um, maybe a few saplings that might keep growing. Yeah, he did. He basically he's basically turned the team round from basically being firewood to being the fire. I mean, other yeah. than goals finishing chances, this is the best football I've seen for years, and I mean years. Yeah, and, and another thing, Ian, right, is that we've had a pandemic to deal with as well. So. One of the seasons, they've been playing, I know it's been the same for everybody, but they've been playing in the very difficult circumstances with no fans, hard to train. So I I think it's probably been a harder task uh, than people thought of. And um, we've got rid of whether they're bad influences or just 
people that didn't want to be here. There were certainly some bad eggs in that dressing room, and they've gone. And I know a lot of people think there's still a bit of tree pruning to do, but I don't think, and I include ints in this, I don't think there's any bad eggs in that dressing room now. No, there isn't. There isn't. You know, I don't think Tom Ince is, like you said, I don't think he's a bad influence. I think he just wants no, to play football. No, he keeps football. his head down. He just he, keeps going. He just wants to play, he wants to play football, doesn't he? Because the thing is with Tom yeah. Ince, I feel sorry for Tom Ince because he's, he's never been able sort of settle anywhere. He's like Bojan in many ways as well, where he's just never been able to truly settle and get comfortable playing because... He did like what a couple of years at Liverpool, two years at Blackpool, then he went there, then he went here, and and he's he's come to Stoke, and he's probably got the best contract he's had, and it's just not worked out for him, and it's it's just yeah. how it works, you, you know. We, at the end of the day, who would have thought that probably for me the greatest free transfer I remember, Nick Powell would have worked out the way he was, you know. Sometimes spending loads of money doesn't get guarantee you quality. I mean, look at Timo Werner. Fair enough, he's an alright player, but thirty-eight million pound against Nick Powell. To be honest, I'd have Nick Powell all day at this moment in time. I might regret yes, that later I hope, on. But <laughs> you know, I, I just hope people aren't getting too carried away because, as I say, he's moved on a huge amount of players, but it could all go wrong. You look at this coming month now that we are we are playing teams this month that um, could actually change the shape of your season. It, to me, it's the hardest, it, well, certainly the hardest one before Christmas this month. We've, we've dispatched West Brom. Sheffield United won't be a pushover. Bournemouth certainly won't be. Millwall, we always find it difficult. And Cardiff, well, we've got scores to settle with Cardiff, going back for God knows how long now. I know Cardiff aren't doing as well. But they, this will be a tough month. And then you add in the, the cup tie against Brentford, who, by the way, were really good at West Ham today. Yeah, it's it's it is going to be a tough month, but it is a tough season. The championship is unforgiving because you don't know who you're going to play. Well, you know who you're going to play, obviously, but you don't know what type of team's going to turn up. It's like you know Derby. We expected a court. That's probably what one game was looking at. Well, when their troubles were hitting, going well, that's a guaranteed three points. So we yeah, lost. We, we we gave that away ourselves. Yeah, we did. We, that we was did self that self explosion. You know, we're yeah, we're quite capable of doing that again. Yeah, well, well we are. I, yeah. I I just think. Well, I'll ask a question if I may, Ian. Yeah. For, for people that are listening, if after the, the games that we have played, it's 11 we've played, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. If after 11 games, you'd have seen Stoke in this position in the table, would you have taken it? I would have bitten your hand off for it. Oh, God, I would have. <laughs> no question. I, I, I didn't expect this. You, you know, like, I know we had a good start last season, which I'm hoping that this time it carries on. But I think this time, with the amount of squad players we've got, which aren't dead wood, we, we should be all right. But I think that, you know, at this moment in time, our best strikers aren't under... Well, we don't know about Seymour, yeah, because you're right. And plus, at Prague, he was more of a right winger than a striker. So we don't really know. And he doesn't know how good he is as a striker, because I think he's only played six games in it. So, but Campbell hasn't been fit. Nick Powell hasn't been fit for quite a while. And you don't know if Campbell's going to come back the same player. None of us know that. Exactly. And, and But the thing is that it's exciting that the man's coming back soon because we all know that Nick Powell and Campbell fit together lovely. And the fact is that they're both very good finishers. And, you know, if, if, if Campbell comes back and can hit the ground running... 
there's no stopping us with taking it. I'm not getting too excited. I, I might, well, I might be, but it's about it's about time, really. That I've watched five years of garbage. It's about time I could get excited again. And you know, if Campbell can hit the ground running and start scoring a lot of goals, then I can't see. I can't because the way we're creating chances. If we had somebody who could finish them off, I can't. I can't see why we can't beat anyone in this league. Because no, we're, me neither. But with four points from top, we're equally four points from not being in the playoffs. That's how tight this division is. Right? We're four points from Bournemouth and we're four points better off than Huddersfield who are in seventh in uh, seventh place at the moment. It's pretty tight. We're only one point above Fulham and we're uh, three points above Queen's Park Rangers. But when you look at the top two positions, I think Bournemouth, unless the wheels fall off for them, I think they will go up automatically. Everybody was talking about Fulham and West Brom being the other contenders. I mean, seeing West Brom Unless that was a real one-off, I don't think that they're automatic for promotion any more than us. And I don't think Fulham are either. I do think Coventry will fade. I think Coventry may well fall away. I think Queen's Park Rangers are like us. They'll have learnt from the last couple of seasons. And I do think it will be a very poor rest of the season if we don't make the playoffs. But as you said, there's a huge amount of, of uh, things that can happen. And I think if we're in the playoff positions near the top of the playoff positions after October I'd lay my colours onto the mass that we are going to get into the playoffs well yeah yeah I'm, I'm still thinking playoffs myself I mean, like I say if, if if we could start taking these chances because to be honest if we took those chances against Barnsley top chances against Preston and it's all lifts and buts and it is what it is what, at the end of the day but we're playing really well at the moment the fans are excited I want, I'm the same as you I'm surprised we're not getting full houses I'm surprised we're, because this is the best football we've had in years and people and there's not as many people there we know the, the pandemic's happened and all that but I think there's a great chance this year I'm, I'm very optimistic I'm, I can't wait to go at it now like before yeah, for the last I, think, couple... I think that's great because we've missed so much but going, going back to what we were saying and you were talking about strikers and I said if any of the strikers get injured. You look at Fulham, right? I think if Mitrovic gets injured, they oh, yeah. probably won't make the top two. It's West bit... Brom will probably make the top six. You know, we, we blew ourselves up against Derby, right? And then you've got Huddersfield out the playoffs. They're just a tidy team, keep ticking over. So when you look at, at, at the championship, we know it's hard. It's hard because there's so much... Of, of a similar standard. I mean, Reading have started to get it together again. Birmingham, everybody was saying how well they were doing. Well, they haven't got much going up front. No. So it, it's just one of these attritional leagues which I can't wait to get out of. Yeah, no, I can't. Right I hate it in this league. It was, it was going to be another question about how much do you like being in this league and when you get I back, when, when you're in the Premier League and you drop down. Because a lot of like Wolves fans and a lot of other fans have said they missed times in the Championship because it was more exciting, there's a chance of winning it or whatever. And when you're in the Premier League, you know, unless you've got real serious investment, you're not going to push on for the Europa League place. So you're sort of like stuck in ninth and 10th and all that lot where a bit of investment you could push on but you know when you're not playing when you you know it's like a Tuesday night and you're playing Barnsley instead of Arsenal it does make a big difference it really does right so before we be, right, we'll move back on because we, we forgot to rate Michael O'Neill so we'll give Michael O'Neill a quick rating 9 I'm going to go 10 actually for Michael O'Neill I think his substitution for Jacob Brown was was bang on the right time and it's just a shame it was Surridge but 
I, I thought it was a good sub at the time because, but you know, both of them didn't perform. But you know, we still got the result, so I'm going to go on for ten. I thought it was a fantastic laid-out system. Right, so now we're going to talk about news that's come out today about Duncan Ferguson was spotted at um, the Bet Three Six Five on Friday night, and there's heavy talks that Everton have got a serious interest in Harry Suter. Everybody will have a serious. Every Premier League club will have a, a, a serious interest in Harry Suter because they, they everybody wants wants a, a player that can play a ball playing central defender. But I honestly don't think that there is a cat in hell's chance of Harry Suter leaving Stoke City this season. He's on a long contract. He's very happy at the football club. Yes, I know money talks, but I just don't think he should even consider it this season. But what do you, do you think if we don't go up, do you reckon that's it for us and Harry Suter, do you reckon he will I move? think if we don't go up and um, we are offered something like £25 million for Harry Suter or more, um, then I think he will go because the club will take the money. And you know what? As much as I don't want him to go, have we missed Nathan Collins? No, because of Ben right? Well, I, ben I believe that, that the management team we have in position... They don't have to sell anybody. Financial fair play has been horrendous for the football club, right? And I believe we're just the right side of that line there. We've seen what it's done to Derby, right? And and you, you have to say that if that was us and we were on minus 12 points, I don't think you'd get many people in the Bet365 watching. So you have to compliment the club on getting their house back in order. But I think that the owners don't have to sell the only way they will sell Harry Suter is if it makes financial sense and Michael O'Neill can uh, produce another rabbit out of a hat or if they can buy several rabbits out of the hat with the money. I've no doubt that he'll go eventually if Stoke aren't in the Premier League. And if we're in the Premier League and one of the big boys comes, then I think he would probably go because every player wants to play at the highest standard they can. And as much as we're Stoke fans, we ain't going to go into the Champions League just yet. No, we're not. I think, you know, you know what he talks, but he won't go this season. People have been talking that they're going to make an offer in January. And like, like you say, unless it's £25, £30 million, pound, I can't see it ever being considered. And the good thing is, if we did go up, we could demand 40 50 I mean, you just look at Ben White, he's just gone to Arsenal for £50 million. If you get that kind of money, it could completely change your season, because... You've got fifty million pounds for Michael O'Neill to spend, but that that's ifs and buts. I think you're right. I think if, if Everton do come in with a good offer, we're going to have, obviously take it. Especially, I mean, you're, gonna, you're also going to have people talking about Nick Powell, as you have done already, and Josh Tymon. I think Josh Tymon's out of contract at the end of this season, and there'll be people looking at him. There'll be people looking at several players at Stoke City, right? They will be because that's what they do, and everybody is. Every club that we have played this season has said Stoke are the best team they've played. So it's inevitable that um, people will come and watch Stoke because Stoke have got players that might make it in the next level. Yeah, yeah, I agree with that. I think we have. I think we've got a great set of young players. I think Ben Wilmot, if he carries on growing the way he is, is going to be a player that's going to be worth a lot more as well. And if Super yeah. does go, he could move into that central role and maybe take on the responsibility and it might improve him as a player. There's a lot of ifs and buts, but, you know, as long as the price is right. But I was getting, we were going to, a fan mentioned that about how many players are out of contract at the end of this season. 
that's got to be a worry anti at this moment in time when they can be taken in January on a pre-contracted agreement. Players like Josh Tymon and Nick Powell, I think, Jordan Thompson's one as well, Stephen Fletcher, but I think we'll probably let Fletcher go, Danny Batts, Chester, I think, sort of free transfer as well when it comes up, and Bonham, but I don't think we'll miss Bonham either. But, you know, there's a few there that I'm quite surprised we haven't nailed down yet. Well, I think Josh Tymon has a lot of affection for Michael O'Neill. Michael O'Neill's probably turned his career around and saved his career. And I think if Michael O'Neill wants him to stay, he'll stay. Um, I also think that Nick Powell will stay. I really do. I think he's very happy at the football club. He's he's a localish lad. He doesn't want to move around. He's happily settled with his family. So I think it would have to be a club within an hour's travel, maybe an hour and a half for him to leave. I just think he'll stay at Stoke. Um, and I, honestly, I, if players want to go in this day and age, players go. And um, it doesn't matter how much as fans you want them to stay, they will go because they have agents. They, it's like you working working wherever you work. Don't even know where you work, Ian. But um, <laughs> obviously, you know, if somebody offered you more money and you had the chance to better yourself, you might enjoy where you work, but you'd go, wouldn't you? Well, of course would, yeah. yeah. And that's what footballers are. It's a job. It's a job, it's a career, and it's a short career. And it doesn't matter how much you get paid. I know we'd all love to swap places. It doesn't matter how much you get paid. If you have a chance to improve yourself and get a few more quid as well, you're gone. Well, it is. It's, it's a shame for one players that do leave, like Nathan Collins, for example. He's gone Burnley. I don't think he's played yet. Yeah, he played yesterday. Did he play yesterday? Yeah, he, was, he, he played yesterday and um, apparently played quite well. I mean, I didn't think at the time that was the best club for him, but that's a situation that he's manufactured with his uncle, I think, who's his agent. And good luck to him. As I say, I thought we'd have missed him more than we do, and that's testimony to the recruitment team and, and the management team at Stoke City, because I don't think we've missed him at all. No, I don't, because because of Wilmot coming in, I just don't think we've missed him full stop. I think we've actually bought a better player in in my opinion, yeah. and Ben Wilmot, and got him for nothing, so <laughs> near enough in, in nowadays terms. It's been yeah. fantastic. Right then, so before we'll go, we'll obviously talk about the women who've uh, played this weekend. Who did they play and what was the score on? Well, I don't really know whether you want to talk about the women, because the first team uh, played at Huddersfield Town, and they lost 5-1. Oh. And the reserves played at one of the very first ladies football teams, Doncaster Rovers Bells, used to be known as Doncaster Bells. And they won 3-0. Right, so 5-1, what's happening? <laughs> well, it's not very good for the ladies. and um, it's, it's, it's a bit of a worry, isn't it? Um, yeah, it is a worry what's going on with the ladies. We've got no manager, still no signs of a manager. Um, yeah. The whole system's gone. I think the former manager before the last manager that went now has left their role as director of football ladies, from what I've heard, gone to Villa I- or something. I honestly hadn't heard that. Um, I don't know if that's 100% true or there's talk of it, I don't know. Yeah, I think she used to play for the Villa too, so there's obviously a a, a few problems, but I'm sure that um, it'll get sorted out. Uh, But that's where it stands at the moment, and good luck ladies, just turn it round, because we could do with all the team doing well, the, the men's and the ladies. Yeah, it's such a shame. Because they, they were playing really well not long ago. They got in a cup final. But every time me and Mark, who used to obviously do the podcast together, we used to talk about ladies, they, they were smashing everybody. Like when one yeah. was like a 12-1 win. <laughs> like, yeah. Oh, we, we, W.O. Sally, we come. But then in the space of COVID, it's 
it's literally crumbled apart and I don't really understand why I might have to bring an expert on for that to ask what's going on with it because to be brutally honest I do follow the ladies but I don't know a massive amount so I might have to bring somebody on to interview and find out what's going on Right. Yeah, um, that would be good. But, but can, may I pose a question? Yeah, yeah. I was just wondering who people think, uh, before we get through to October, and we can review it again at Christmas time, who do you think will be in the top six at the end of the season? So, who do you think, Ian, now? Now, um, yeah. I think Bournemouth will win it, because yeah. I think the scoring goals have got a striker who's hitting in Solanke. He's now bearing fruit. Um, I've got a feeling... West Brom's endurance will get them up uh, in second place. I think it'll be Fulham third and Stoke fourth. And then I'll go fifth, QPR. And then I've, I've got another sticky feeling, Barnsley will sneak in. I think, I think Coventry will drop off. And I think Barnsley, like they did last season, will kick on after Christmas. I think Bournemouth will go up automatically. I think it's between us and Fulham for the second place based on how we stand at the moment I think Sheffield United will get into the top six Sheffield United that's an outside yeah, one yeah they'll come good now and it may well start with the match against us um, and I so West Brom I think will get into the playoffs and I think Queen's Park too so for me it's uh, Bournemouth Fulham Sheffield United West Brom QPR and Stoke just have a look online on Bet365 let's find how much it is for Sheffield United. Well, <laughs> to get into the playoffs. 750 to 1, I don't care. <laughs> <laughs> Who Wigan when they won the cup? I, I think there's more chance of Sheffield United getting down than getting into the playoffs. No, I don't. You see, I, I don't. I don't. And um, uh, You look at last season, uh, and you look at came running through in the second half of the season that hadn't got a great first half of the season. Well, I just think that they've got to start performing soon. Um, and I just hope that they don't start performing in two weeks' time against us. I oh, know we'll beat them. We'll beat them, don't you worry. Right, and as you've mentioned that, I just want to do a quick mention now with Anley Town, who came away against, I don't know what they were called, even though it was there, Brackley, is it? Brackley? Club, yeah. no, club near Oxfordshire, apparently two divisions are here, from what somebody told me next to me, so that might be true or not. I'm getting off what he told me. And it, it was a good. It, it I think was, they're more than two. I think they're probably three. You could tell, to be honest. We, we were sat there, and I thought it was a great performance from Anley as well, because you could clearly see these were a few divisions above. Because you could see by the fitness of the players, they they were fitter, they were stronger, and they controlled the game. But for me, there was a very very dodgy decisions going on from the referee. Shot and got sent off for making a tackle. Anley Town goalkeeper, who mate knows, uh, Ben, he got basically held back from when they equalised. It was a very dodgy game for me, that. I thought Anley did well, though. And they've got, a, obviously, a replay to try and pull it back. That's and, Tuesday, isn't it? Yeah, Tuesday. And it was Are great. Uh, no, I can't. It's Tuesday. I'm, I'm working, to be honest. So I won't be able to go that one. But you wouldn't have gone if you weren't working. No, I wouldn't have done. I'll be honest. It was freezing. It was, and I've got a cold, thanks to it. So I'm not... <laughs> <laughs> I'm not getting there again. Freezing, a little sniffle. <laughs> I mean, it must be tough. Oh, it was I horrible. did actually watch it on on BBC iPlayer, and um, I actually thought it was a really good tackle. Uh, it wasn't the last one anyway, but my understanding was that um, he got sent off for uh, expressing his displeasure. Um, but you do know that Anley are the lowest ranked club still in the FA Cup, which I think is brilliant. Yeah, it is. It, their eyes over the last two, three years 
has been amazing. We went down, we were, it was a welcoming atmosphere, it was a nice place. If people, if Stoke are away and they're at home, I applaud Stoke fans who are listening. Get yourself down Andley Town, go go and enjoy it, get yourself a pint. There's, there's an outside bar and inside bar. It's a nice, relaxing atmosphere. And it's a good place for me. And, it, you know, I, I, I do enjoy non-league. Normally, I go to watch League Town. But um, I thought, well, I might get on telly. Did you see me? Did you see me on telly when you were watching? Were you the guy with the bald head jumping up and down shouting, there's only one Ben Wilmot? <laughs> that wasn't me. That's another big Wilmot fan. No, I, right. I had a bob hat on. You were on the one with the hand up the back of the person shouting, there's only one Ben Wilmot. <laughs> No, it wasn't me, no, I, I, I was freezing, there was no jumping around, yeah, I was freezing. The, the conditions looked atrocious. <laughs> it, it was horrendous. It looked awful, and I admire <laughs> you so much, because I live within a mile of, of Hanley Town, and we were thinking of going, but when I, I, I looked through the window, and I thought, you know what, I'll watch it on telly, but the attendance was 518, you know. Yeah, it was good, it was cool. there was a lot of people there, I mean, the Brackley, is it? I'm going to have to figure out who it was. Brackley Town. Brackley, that's it, yeah. They, they had a couple of fans behind both goals. It was like it, was like it reminded me of Vail, you know, when the first half they were behind that goal and they were behind the other goal. It, it reminded me of so much of Vail. And, you know, it was, great, it was a great atmosphere. It was a great day. I did, I did enjoy it. So apart from, you know, going back and having to wring out my pants, it was great. It was... <laughs> It was I a, think at that point we don't want to know any more information about your underwear. Yeah, that's it, that's it, I'll leave that there. Right, so now we'll go into obviously predicting the next game, which is obviously Sheffield United. Um, well, hang on, are we not going to go back over the predictions for this game? Because I didn't think you predicted that we would win. Uh, which one for? Well, either of them. No, I, I predicted Preston Wrights, because I said 1-1. And then, and then I predicted a 2-1 win against West... No, 2-0. No, you weren't right. I was right against Preston. I was right against Preston, yes, but I was wrong. you thought we'd lose against West Brom. No, I said we'd win, 2-0. Mm, I'm sure you didn't. No, I did, no, 2-1. It was 2-1. All right, then. So you're on a roll. What do you reckon at Sheffield? Uh, I think we'll smash them. I've got to be honest. I, I don't rate them. I've, I've watched them a few times on the telly when they've been on early kickoff, when Stoke have been away and haven't been able to go. And to, to be honest, I, I think we'll give them a good game because at the moment they're still obviously reeling for him dropping down from the Premier League. They, they clearly did a, a massive clangor getting rid of Wilder. And I think that, you know, Ryan Brewster's not scoring. Even the drop in division isn't getting goals out of him like Slanke is at Bournemouth. I just, I just feel they're there for the taking. They've got a very old squad, which I think was their biggest problem last season. Is it was a very old. I mean, relying on Billy Billy Sharp to score goals is thirty six, and I know Ronaldo is, but there's a big difference between Billy Sharp and Ronaldo. And I think we'll if we'll just do what we did against West Brom, just counter attack them and break through and score goals again. It's easy, really, Sheffield United. If we don't win right, that, well, go on. given that it's easy and you haven't let me give my score, I'm going to go for a very very close match which we'll win 2-1 I'll go for Enel Stoke but you talk about the age of uh, their players and then you, you, that's something else that we should talk on in the less, in the next podcast is that um, the age of our squad now is, is pretty young you know he's brought the age right down in fact we could go through that the next podcast if if you want yeah we'll, we'll talk about that that'll be a subject next week yeah because the age of the squad has gone completely the opposite way and I think Sheffield United are in that struggling part where it's going to be that so I think we'll get, get a good result there I really do great right so that's another one done Ange thanks for that it is it's a pleasure um... so thanks for listening to the Potters podcast we're on all podcast platforms every single one 
If you're on iTunes, please, please just do us a great favour. It goes a long way for us. If you can put a five-star review in, or because there's no point doing any less because it doesn't help. We're on all social media. We're on Instagram. We're on Twitter. We're also got a Facebook group called The Partners, which, just like I've said many a time, just click on and out and get yourself on board. So thanks for listening. Ta-ra. All the best.